welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Going on my very first yoga retreat seven years ago was a major turning point in my life, so much so that now I get to lead these amazing yoga adventures all over the world. These are truly transformative experiences, and I believe that anyone who enjoys a lifestyle of health and wellness can greatly benefit from a yoga retreat. So, this February, I'm taking a very special group with me on a yoga and meditation retreat to Thailand. The retreat is called Love, Gratitude, and Freedom. The retreat is about designing a roadmap to connect to love in your life. We will use different yoga modalities to connect with our sense of purpose, gratitude, and achieve more freedom in our lives. Everyone knows how during our daily lives we get totally bombarded and totally overwhelmed and it's really nice to be able to get away and go somewhere with like-minded individuals, eat really delicious food, and be able to just immerse ourselves in practice. You'll take your yoga to the next level, you'll get a new perspective, you'll be able to have a digital detox, you'll be able to relax and de-stress, and maybe learn something new. If you're interested, go to www.radicallyloved.com forward slash events, read all about the retreats there, or you can email me, rosie at radicallyloved.com for more information. The Dream Girl mission is to tell the story of amazing entrepreneurs to inspire the next generation of leaders. We know the names of Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and Mark Zuckerberg, but what about the female entrepreneurs? What's their story? From brand new startups to million dollar industries, it's time we stop telling girls they can be anything they want to be and show them what it means to be a leader. Erin Bagwell and Kamal Minhas reflect on a year that not only launched their first feature-length film, but also brought them together as a community and the community of female entrepreneurs. They sparked a movement from meeting through a Kickstarter to touring with this documentary across North America. Erin and Kamal chat about the tremendous ups and downs of the dream girl journey and share their dreams of what's coming ahead. I'm so grateful for both of these girls. They're so awesome and totally inspiring. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this podcast and to watch the dream girl film. First of all, I want to say thank you so much to both of you for being on the show. I watched the dream girl trailer and I read all about your team and I did mention when I contacted you guys that my little sister actually had found it. When she sent it to me, I was like, this is amazing. How did I not hear about this? And then I felt total, I had a major case of FOMO um, (laughs) because I was like, how did I not know about this? And I'm just, I'm so excited about this whole project. And I wanted to have you guys on to talk about it and to tell our audience and our listeners all about the project, how you guys started, and how you guys found each other. Because I believe, Erin, this was your project. Am I right? Correct. Okay, and then and Kamal came in. So I want to hear all about it. So uh, how did this 
how did this even come about? How did Dream Girl get started, Erin? Yeah, I mean, I think Dream Girl has been kind of living inside of me, you know, my whole life. I've been ready to make this film. I've been making, you know, short films and short documentaries since I was, you know, 16 years old. So I've always wanted to make a feature. And I really feel like living in New York, when you're surrounded by so many creatives and entrepreneurs, I was really inspired here. I really moved to the city to make films. And it wasn't until I met my friend Julie, who is my age, running a company called Dear Kate. And she had investors and she had employees. And to see somebody my age kind of crushing the startup game was so inspiring. And I was at a job that I hated and, you know, working on nine to five, like soul sucking job, being sexually harassed at work Mm. and really looked at Julie's life and said, that's what I want. (laughs) I want to go in that direction. And I quit my job and I put together you know, a Kickstarter campaign to, to make a, a film about female entrepreneurs in the hopes of being able to inspire other people who kind of like me were in that nine to five and needed that extra inspiration to kind of get out of there and start their own thing. So thankfully we, we put together the Kickstarter, uh, a little trailer to fund it and we raised a hundred thousand dollars in 30 days to produce the film. Oh, that's so incredible. And Kamal, how did you come in? Um, I actually, that Kickstarter campaign landed in my inbox by way of uh, Marie Forleo, who has an online show that I love around business called Marie TV. And so when I opened that email and I clicked through to the Kickstarter campaign and I saw Erin's call to action, the short um, film that she made for the Kickstarter, it was truly remarkable. And it really spoke to my heart, my soul, my calling, my passion. And I just knew I had to be involved. So I emailed her right away, and we got on a call, a Skype call a couple of days later uh, and told each other our life stories, and we just kind of knew from the beginning that we didn't know exactly how we were meant to work together, but we knew that we were going to, and it was going to be really important for both of us. And fast forward two and a half years, and, uh, you know, Erin asked me to be her co-founder. We uh, worked our way up, you know, through a lot of adversity, and here we are today having released our first feature film that's made a really substantial impact so far around the world. Oh, I'm so, and I'm so excited about it. And just to be able to see what this is going to do for women everywhere. And, and I really love the way that you empower women and the role of feminism in the whole dream girl project, obviously, uh, which is something really great. And I think that it's something that we as a society really need right now. Right. Um, so, totally. so, 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 so I'm really, I'm really excited, um, about that. So part of what Aaron, you said, you know, being in, in the workforce, you know, and having to deal with, you know, uh, sexual harassment or, you know, different sort of obstacles that we as women face in, in the workplace. How do you think that this film is going to change people's perspective on, feminism or women entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, I mean, I think the discussions that happen after the film are, you know, some of my favorite parts. We had a community in New York City at a big consulting firm. And one of the amazing things that happened is, you know, after the screening, one of the girls who is a consultant, you know, a junior consultant stood up and said, you know, this is, you know, I'm feeling unseen in my job. I'm feeling like the men who speak up in meetings are taken more seriously. 
I think their projects go farther. I think they're given more mentorship. And she had a senior executive in that audience listening to her, you know, talk about uh-huh. the gender inequality in their workplace and came up after her and said, okay, like, I hear you, you know, let's work on this. And I think we all need to have these conversations. And I think the best thing about Dream Girl is that it gives people permission to talk about these issues. Yeah. You know, when you see Clara and Annie and Como's story on screen, it kind of leads the way, right? You don't have to be the first person to stand up and say something once you've heard about all the inequality these women have faced. So it gives people a little bit of courage to be able to talk about these things. And, you know, from legislature, we've had governors watch the film. You know, we've had Republican representatives watch the film. So to be able to kind of sneak in these really important feminist messages are are incredible. And those conversations, I mean, Como and I definitely want to see, you know, policy change around, you know, women's health care and paid maternity leave and, you know, we hope that bringing awareness to the inequalities that happen in the workplace will, this will spark some conversation. So we definitely want all those things out of, you know, people watching and absorbing the film. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely sparking a movement, right? I mean, it, it, already there's a movement, but I think that this, the momentum that this idea or this ethos is going to carry is is something that's going to be bigger than I think we can even conceive at the moment, don't you think? I mean, we have a warehouse, I do. I'm like, I feel it. I know it is, you know. It's something, it's so incredible. It, it was in our bones from day one. Uh, you know, even when, even when you see Erin on the Kickstarter video, like, it's, it's transformative. Yeah. She helped rally over 2,500 people to donate and bring this film to life because it's, it's inside of all of us. Like, we are yearning and, like, we all just so desperately want to be seen right now. So many women and a lot of women who don't even realize it yet, but eventually will. Like, there's so much inequality that we still have to work towards, um, like, making more equal every single day. And I think that the film, especially now in its entirety and having people see us go through the process and see how difficult of a process it was and the perseverance it took and how much, you know, grit and heart and everything we put into this, like, people are witnessing real uh, dreams coming to life in action and then through the film are seeing how they can catalyze and change their own lives. So Mm. for sure, it's something that's kind of bigger than any either of us could have ever imagined. Yeah, I think that the importance that you really put into the effort and the hard work is, is something truly inspiring. And I think that, you know, as women, that's something that's not very sort of like encouraged, right? It's this idea that, so the the old norm being that women stay home with kids and then they raise a family, which is a lot of hard work, you know, to do. But it's like this idea that we can actually begin to really create something just given some belief and some effort and to just have the, the dream to be able to do something else or something bigger, or create something more. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And permission. I feel like as women, we're always looking for external permission and that we have to give ourselves permission to have the most radical transformations that we need to do the work that we're called to do in this life. And my greatest, you know, one of my greatest hopes would be that the film gives people that permission. Yeah, I mean, that's, you're absolutely right. How do you think us, and this is a question for both of you guys is, you know, as women, you know, there's always this sort of underlying com- competitiveness or, um, you know, the, the jealousy that happens sometimes w- in the workforce or not, you know, how do we begin to sort of change the dynamic within 
our female community to create more support and more cohesiveness? I think for me, I, I think one of my favorite things about being a young woman now is like, is, you know, we're in a position where we, you know, we just produced our first feature length film. You know, we had no idea what we were doing. We pretty much from the ground up figure out, figured out how to, how to make the film, how to produce it, how to, how to premiere it, how to distribute it. And I'm really excited about kind of helping that next generation of filmmakers. You know, I think one of my high dreams would be to become an investor and to be able to invest in women's stories and, and women filmmakers. And, you know, I want to executive produce, you know, a hundred films because I want my name and um, my heart and, you know, the work that everyone does and to be able to uplift people. And, you know, we're, we've, Homo and I have definitely been the beneficiaries of people who've invested in us and mentored us. And I think we're in this cool space now where, you know, we all kind of need to give back and just use whatever resources we have to kind of uplift each other. And Como, I love what you said about empathy. It's like, we definitely need to be tuning into that more and listening to that more, you know, getting into spaces that make us uncomfortable and being just better humans. You know, we, kindness is not something we can all take for granted right now. And we all need to give that so much more to each other, whether that's like, you know, formally taking a phone call you might not have time for, or, you know, trying to like make your local CVS clerk giggle when you have been in there three times picking up photos for the holidays. You know, mm -hmm. I think there's so many different ways that we need to really just step up and take care of each other. Agreed. And a practice that Erin and I both uh, do almost on a daily basis is we practice meditation. Um, and that can take many different forms for many different people, but just that radical act of creating space for ourselves in our days, mm, yeah. um, taking a breath and, you know, giving ourselves permission to be whole and be healed people and deal with the chaos that is our mind, um, I think is critical to empathy because if you can't even be with yourself and love yourself, how are you supposed to love the world? Yeah. And I think that right now a lot of people are really confused and just like don't know how to go in. Yeah. I, well, that's, so, I mean, that's so much a part, part of, you know, what I do too, is like, you know, teaching yoga and meditation and, and how important that is really to be able to get grounded or to, to get clear with whatever's happening in your life. And I, I love that, that that's your, your practice, you know, because so much of, of what we do comes from a place of, of, stillness or a place of, of quiet or when we can get quiet is when we begin to find more of that peace and, and connect more toward to empathy or to, to compassion, you know, to whatever is happening, you know, in, in our current state. So I think it's something absolutely mm -hmm. uh, a key for, for everyone. What do you think happens when we sort of lack that, um, that drive or that inspiration when we're trying to achieve something? I think we've just come through a phase of that, to be very honest with you. Oh, wow. um, when, when you create something so fully and with every ounce of your being, mm -hmm. you become really depleted mm -hmm. and often stuck in a cycle of thinking you have to continue in the way that you have ah. created. And for us, it's been two and a half years of really nonstop go, 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 like, being in fight or flight mode, survival mode, and just having to produce and create and continue taking those next steps forward. And we hit a point at the end of this year, unfortunately, it was timed with the holiday of just realizing, you know, we as a company need to take a breath. We as a company are going from startup phase into maintenance mode, and that's new for all of us. And what does that mean for us as a company, but us personally? And so when people, uh, what I would, like, what advice I would give is, 
to pause. When you can tell that you are depleted and you are game over tired and you can't even like, like create those pockets of time in your day. Like I wasn't able to meditate for a good chunk of the beginning of this month because I was just so run down and even making that small decision for myself was way too hard. And so really us taking this downtime, we're taking three weeks off as a company, one week work from home and two weeks off as a company is a really radical form of self-love for us as a business and us for ourselves. So giving people permission to pause, because you can only create from a place of wholeness. You can only create when you're full. And we've been running on empty, uh, but doing remarkably well. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, for, for running on empty, I would say you guys are pretty much killing it right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's what happens when, you know, you're called by like a movement and you're called by like this higher, you know, societal change calling. Like you yeah. can pull energy from everywhere. But then at the same time, you're like, I'm not a machine. there's got to be like a snooze button or something or like an off button to be able to be like okay I'm done like that's good you know because there's so much you're giving out you guys are both giving out so much to so many people it's like it is important to be able to to find that time to kind of reset so I'll ask you both this question and Aaron I'll ask you first what do you do to hit the reset button so that you can find that sense of stability or stillness or peace in your life? Um, I mean, I'm a real creature of habit. So I feel like when I'm, when I get locked out of my, my groove of like, you know, my routines in the morning and being able to meditate and getting all the sleep that I need, I feel like that's when I start to go like a little bit haywire. Like I'm not good on the road. I'm good. Like in my home in Brooklyn with my cat Lucy. And so I know that about myself. Um, and so giving myself the space to, like, really have that structure and really create that structure for me is where I thrive because it allows me as a creative to then, you know, I know all these things are taken care of, so then I can go out of the box. But, you know, I think music also is something that, like, really lights me up. And I love, you know, going, my husband is in a band, and I there's such a joy I get from going to shows and, you know, bearing witness to other people being creative. Um, and so that's something I'm going to start trying to do more of is like going through, you know, more plays and more creative experiences. I love that. You know, I think just being in New York, you're exposed to so much amazing culture mm-hmm. and we're able to take all these little pockets that we learn from other artists. So that's something that really inspires me personally. Oh, that's so great. And Komal? I, I'm in the process of figuring that out again. Uh, so. <laughs> the raw honesty. Love it. Yeah. You know, you caught me at a really interesting moment where it's just like there's no there's no boundaries right now. But uh, it really, like, this is honestly it. It's like I am such a raw, real, emotional, vulnerable person, an authentic person, and I haven't been able to tap into that for a while. So I'd say in this specific moment, um, being at home, being with my mom, being with my nephew, being with my family, um, and really starting to unplug, but yeah. still letting, giving myself permission and not like shaming myself for still wanting to work a little bit and have really great conversations with Aaron. And also, uh, taking, I love water and I love the beach. So, uh, I'm heading to Mexico the first week of January and that's yes. given me a lot of joy to look forward to. So it's, it's a thing in process because I'm, as Erin said, she's like, we know that routine is very important to her mm-hmm. self-care regimen. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that variety is actually really important to me. So travel is something that I get a lot of joy and rejuvenation from. 
So finding like sustainable travel and figuring out how to pull that into my year. Yeah. And you know, it's so important too, to be able to like take that time to do that, especially when there's so much momentum, you know, happening with, with this project, you know, you, you want to be able to work and to maintain the momentum, but you also want to be able to sustain your sanity. <laughs> so it's, it's really, I think it's so, it's so great that you both have the self-awareness to be able to do that. So that's awesome. Well, to be honest, let's, I mean, we give ourselves credit for taking this week off, but we really haven't had a break in three years. So, oh, you know, I think also we've, we're like, we're really, you know, we're making it a priority now and we're definitely making space for it. But in the beginning, we, we really couldn't. You know, we were fighting against deadlines. We were trying to finish a film. You know, we restarted the film in the middle of making the film. I got married during that year. Then we released the film. I mean, there was so much that we were, you know, trying to figure out. And I think people who are starting businesses and are in that startup mode know that feeling of, like, never enough time. Mm. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go to bed at night, and you have a thousand things on your list. Like, we're in this really cool place of privilege now where we've been in business for three years. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. ready to like make time and make a focus and, and it doesn't feel like that anxiety of the first year. So I think that's something that we're really grateful of, but you know, it took us a while to get here. We didn't, we have not been this Zen. The entire time, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if this interview happened last week, it would have been totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the thing, and I think it's important for people to be able to hear like what it actually takes to make a project like this or to create a movement like this. Like, I think people just get to see like the shiny product at the end, right? They get to see this mm-hmm. beautiful, this beautiful film, this this incredible team, and all this media, and you know your your picture with Oprah, and like you know being supported by all these major influencers. Like everyone gets to see that, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Where is the where is the footage of like the calls in the middle of the night, or the staying up late, or like the things go wrong, <laughs> or when like you're really in a <laughs> shitty mood, or you know what I mean, like. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. That's right. (laughs) But that's what's so great, you know. Still on the hard drive. (laughs) It's like the behind behind the scenes. Are we gonna are we gonna get to see that? The behind the scenes. The real behind the scenes. Something that another piece that is always so hard to kind of talk about just in passing because it is it was so heavy for us was. You know, this year I actually was diagnosed with and survived cancer uh, from March through August. So it was a really, really incredibly difficult thing for us to be launching Mm -hmm. while one of, like, while I was going through this really harrowing health situation. And I would give my honest best that I possibly could because I knew, like, the demands that were on us, the expectations that Aaron and I have of ourselves are exceptionally high. And I think that's why we were attracted to each other so much because like when we go big, we go really big and there's no holding back because that's just how we operate. So it was critical for me to process while going through that really terrible experience. Mm -hmm. And so I would blog very openly, very honestly, I would share those posts of like, you know, I'm awake and I'm, I'm not able to sleep right now because my meds are really messing with me and I am mm. going through a really hard moment right now and I just need to release it. And I think that being in that practice really helped me and I think for our team as well, like Aaron, Diana, and Kylie, 
really had to go through a lot to see someone that they love so much go through something so hard and having to continue moving the ship mm. forward. So, but you know what? Like when it happened, there was like no doubt in my mind that I was doing what I was supposed to do. And I think that was the most like liberating part of the process and like the most, the thing that gave me the most sanity and was like, let me look at Erin every day or like talk to her every day and be like, this is why I can survive is because I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. And some days not doing the work I was supposed to be doing, but having the partner to, like, be able to carry the ship forward. It's a real, like, I, I'm in so much, especially at the end of the year, you're so reflective, but, like, I love you, Erin. You just are, you're my great hack. <laughs> well, it's funny, too. I think, you know, we're talking a lot about, like, the impact of the work, but I think something that Como and I are trying to come back to, you know, this year specifically is, like, being in process with the work. You know, to be honest with you, I didn't make Dream Girl so that, you know, millions of people could see it globally or that we could meet Oprah or that we would premiere at the White House. You know, I made this film because I wanted to know what it was like to be a female entrepreneur. That was it. I, I wanted it for me. I wanted, the, I wanted to chase my curiosity. I wanted to make a film. I mean, it's, I think sometimes as creators, we get lost in the, in the goal, you know, in the final moment in like that space of where we want to go. And I think for Como and I now thinking about the year and thinking about how we're going to plan the year, it's like we're, we're bringing it back to the work. You know, we feel so grateful for all of the crazy things that have happened to us for sure. But it's like, okay, now where do we come from that place of being a creator? What's that curiosity that we're going to chase this year? Because it's so funny once you, once you're on that path, then the other stuff comes, you know, then you find Mm -hmm. your audience and then you find, you know, the people that you, that are interested in naturally gravitate towards it, but it's kind of about sticking with those things that light you up every day and that passion. So what's the plan for 2017? Yeah, I'm, um, we're thinking about what the next project is, what the next film is. And I'm really, really excited about, you know, potentially traveling, you know, with my crew and, you know, going overseas and, hearing uh, women's stories globally. I, we're not like solidified yet, so I'm not going to give away too many details about what we're working on, but I'm really, really excited about the pre-production, planning, who's going to be in it, how we're going to do all the logistics. So I'm, I'm really ready to start creating again and diving into the next film. Yeah, and I would say for myself, you know, rest is really lighting me up right now. I am so grateful to be able to and to build a year that has pockets of rest and that has, you know, a thoughtfulness for my well-being because I am such like a person who just does for others and forgets my own, like, what, what do I need? What's my compass asking for? And this year has been a lot of um, loud and clear signals. Like, I had just, like, one after another of, like, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. And so what's lighting me up now is actually listening to that and answering that. And through that, hopefully beginning to write more. Um, I, I keep a blog and I mentioned it earlier and it's something that brings me an immense joy and I haven't been able to write since uh, August. So it, it's just felt like I've been so full of everything else. So creating the space for what calls me and right now I think that's writing. Um, and hopefully that'll eventually turn into a book. So that's that's the high dream for the next couple of years. That's bringing me a lot of light. What are some words of wisdom that you live by? Uh, the first one that came to mind is from Maya Angelou, and it's, I come as one and I stand as 10,000. 
And it guides me every day, especially in our work as feminists, and especially in our, my work embodying a South Asian body as a woman and knowing that there are generations of women who came before me who have done this work, who have been abused, who have been, you know, hard done by, on whose backs I am able to elevate and on whose shoulders I am standing. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. So uh, that is a guiding light for me whenever I'm in a hard place or whenever I just need a moment to, like, come back to the why. It's, it's I come as one and I stand as 10,000. I can do this because so many others created, paved the path for me to be able to be here. Um, I think something that I'm thinking about a lot, I, I watched um, this morning, I watched a, a documentary about Peggy Guggenheim, who um, is the black sheep of the Guggenheim family and who basically built this art empire off an, a $400,000 inheritance that she got that she turned into a billion-dollar investment in kind of the surrealist painters and the modernist painters. And I feel like sometimes we have this vision that, like, the world, everything is on our shoulders and that the world is like throwing everything at us and that this life is so hard and it is for sure. But I feel like so inspired by that bohemian spirit that like you are the muse of the universe, that, you know, we come here to create and to play and to like live life really fully and intentionally. And I think Homo and I take ourselves very seriously. And I think we take the work that we do very seriously. And, you know, feminism and gender inequality, I mean, these are things that are, I mean, obviously are so intense now more than they have ever been under this administration. But I think coming back to finding that joy and being a real muse to the universe is something that I'm, that I want to bring into this new year of just, of bringing light and bringing more fun and, you know, wearing more lipstick <laughs> kind of, to kind of, you know, because we have to have that balance through this, this intense darkness. So who's been the most influential person in your life? Oh, man, I, I mean, my mother for sure is like the reason that I'm an entrepreneur, um, just to her passion, her tenacity. Um, when we go into businesses, she points out everything that's wrong with them. She's a housewife, you know, who basically, I'm an army brat. We grew up all over the United States. You know, she never had a full-time job, yet we would walk into businesses and she would say, that should be there. They should be there. I wish that was this color. She's such an opinionated, brassy woman. And for her to give me permission to do the same in my work, I think is really the reason that I you know, and making things uh, that I think that we can run our own business, that I think, you know, we can make our own film or distribute it. So I think having such a loving and warm and feminine, badass woman in my life, for sure, my mother, hands down, is the most influential person. Um, I would say, and I think being home really brings this back to me, is, is both of my parents. Um, I'll, I'm very usually to say the one to say, like, also like my mom and her fullness and everything she brings in this trip home. Like I see my parents as such a unit and like one can't operate without the other. And they are so entwined in each other's lives and each other's success and each other's livelihood and each other's like just how they function on a day-to-day basis. And I think that also seeing the parts of me that come directly from each of them on this trip has been such a gift like seeing how easily my dad can like brush things off and move forward and how resilient he is, but how strong and opinionated and outspoken my mother is 
and how those these different elements within them came together to form me and seeing like just being able to observe them and know that they raised me to the best of their abilities and they like I am so in gratitude to everything that they've given me and so I'd say yeah my parents are absolutely the most influential people uh, in my life what's the big dream for dream girl I want us to go on Netflix (laughs) (laughs) yes I think we're in this hybrid point, and I think I'll, I'll hand off to you to talk about distro in effect. And I think that the biggest thing we've realized is that the movement and our audience and the supporters that we have and the people who we have who are so invested in us are invested in us. And that Dream Girl is a vessel for us to express and create for the purpose of uplifting the lives of women and girls. And that it is one of many vessels we're going to have throughout our lives. And that it's okay for us to continue to think of what's next and how to move forward. And that we can still honor Dream Girl and give it to the world and proliferate it through Netflix, through these different (laughs) options, while still giving ourselves permission to create and keep creating. But I'd love to hand off to E to talk about our plans for distro for next year. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the... One of the exciting things is, you know, obviously we produced a film and it launched in June, but what's happened after the film, I think, is where the heart and soul of these conversations are happening. And, you know, we actually have a full-time staff of two people who, you know, take host calls and help with screenings. So actually, you know, whether you're in your living room or your community center or your university, anyone can watch the film. You can just check out our website and talk to Kylie or Diana or Komal and I. Sometimes we're on call. And um, we really just want as many people in the world to see the film. So that's definitely going to continue to be one of our intentions for the new year is, you know, that we have as many global screenings as possible. We've hosted 137 to date, which we're really proud of. We'd love to get to 1,000 by, you know, next year. And then we're really interested, too, in doing potentially live stream events um, and then continuing to show the film in New York City. We, we have two really amazing events with two of the women in the film in New York in January. So... Um, if people are from the New York area and want to come in person and meet Como and I and the women in the film, I think there's there will be tons of opportunities in the new year to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be launching, one more thing I'll add in, is we're launching a new content series in the new year as well called Your Moment of Ambition. Um, and it's footage that hit the cutting room floor and articles that have been written about female entrepreneurship and about feminism. And so that, what, stay tuned for that. We're really excited for the launch of that. So I created Radically Loved for people to be able to find a space or a place to get inspired or to get motivated to achieving their dreams or to just feel the communal love of everyone or everything. It's this idea that we are completely and utterly radically loved by universe, God, source, our community, everything around us. So... What do you radically love and how do you feel radically loved in no particular order? So I feel radically loved by understanding and witnessing my own resilience. And in that resilience, seeing how intentional and thoughtful I have been in creating the communities that have supported me through in arduous traumas 
And I don't think I could have been any more loved than I was this year by the people in my life. And I think that that is the greatest gift I could ever have asked for in this life. And I know I'm radically loved because I know I'm loved by so many people. And I think that's a true privilege and one that I, I, would, I want to help other people experience as well by letting themselves be loved. Um, and what do I radically love? I, again, going back to people, I radically love the people in my life. And I think it's part of being a Scorpio. I think it's part of being someone who just is so embedded in contributing to society and feeling so much validation and joy from giving back to the world. But I love people and I love them so hard. And I think that's why I love being on tour. I love speaking. I love meeting new people. I love bringing people together. Um, and yeah, I radically love the people of this world in their fullness and in with their flaws and in their, in everything they have to give to the world. I feel radically loved by my partner, Sal, my husband. And this year through everything with the company has not been an easy first year of marriage. Um, I am very bullish. I am very aggressive. The work means everything to me. And so sometimes he gets, you know, left behind on weekends when I need to rest and recuperate instead of spending time with him. And you know, I think that you can love someone fully when they're not fully there for you is something that I find deeply humbling and deeply grateful for. And very, you know, it adds that stability to to the way that our relationship unfolds. Um, so feeling really grateful around that love of like he loves me fully, even when I can't totally be there sometimes. Um, and that's something that I definitely appreciate and don't take for granted amongst the chaos of this year. Um, and something that I radically love is being a feminist and being able to choose you know, what I wear and how I wear it and, um, and to be able to understand and dissect gender roles. And I find so much freedom in just being able to express myself and to be able to live my life out loud. I think I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't understand that there were certain constrictions put upon me. And so I feel so grateful as well to the feminist movement and to the women who keep pushing us forward and that we get to be part of this movement and, and that we get to do this work. Awesome. Where can listeners go for more information? Yeah, I mean, I think the best way to find us is, or to follow us is really to sign up for our newsletter, um, which is at dreamgirlfilm.com slash newsletter. I only send out updates when we have really, really big things to announce, like, you know, Oprah, the White House, or, you know, the web series that's coming out. I'm, I'm really thoughtful, and we send stuff out maybe once every other month and really just keep you along with the journey. So whether we're doing... Um, you know, podcasts or TV interviews or things like that. We have a little section for people to follow us and then we just keep you updated on, on our journey. Oh, I'm so, so, so lucky. Thank you both so much. I'm so excited to see what this year brings for both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's Rosie for creating a space like this for so many women and people to come together and be radically loved. 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. For more information, visit www.radicallylove.com forward slash podcast to read all about today's guests or past guests. You can click on any of the links or for more information, you can always follow me on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or Twitter at Rosie Acosta and let us know what you thought.